Well, that ought to be number one, shouldn't it? <laughs> the way we look at it, anyway. It's amazing what makes some folks so happy, makes other folks so mad. The truth has always done that. It always has, and it will continue to do so. Let's stand together. <clears throat> we greet you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. So sorry we couldn't have church on Sunday. Was y'all sad? I was too. I was too. Thankfully, we're going to a land where there'll be no more snow, no more winter time, no more COVID, no difficulty. We so appreciate the opportunity that we've been given tonight to be able to assemble together. God bless you. Let's read together, if you would, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. As we read these verses, and we've been reading them now for several Wednesday nights, about part 22, I think, of this, something like that, I want you to keep in your mind that what we're fixing to read, the Lord spoke something to me a couple weeks ago, and this was what he said after reading these verses down through verse 5. This is Satan's crowning achievement of thousands of years of evil. Satan's crowning achievement, thousands of years of evil. But now keep in mind, whenever we read all this bad stuff, that the bride, by a new birth and a new nature, is exact opposite of what we're going to read in the negative part. So if this is Satan's crowning achievement, then there is a bride of Christ's crowning achievement. And she's the exact opposite of what we're fixing to read. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. But the bride, by her new birth and new nature, is different from that because she loves the Lord more than she loves herself. Now, we could go down through and take each one of these and show you scriptures and quotes and quotes, of course, but you know them. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, which means pulling in, pulling in. What's the bride do? Gives away, gives away. Boasters, well, the bride's the very opposite of that. Proud, the bride's humble. Blasphemers, she can't blaspheme. Disobedient to parents, she's obedient. Unthankful, she's thankful. Unholy, they're holy. So both of these are crowning achievement of the gods, the gods, one is the God of this age and one is the eternal one. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. And the bride don't despise anybody. Now they don't like their sin, but there's a difference between the sin and the sinner. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. So, whenever the bride is the exact opposite of that, you don't want to turn away from her, you want to turn to her. So she don't have a form, but she actually has godliness with the power thereof. 
So all of these things that Satan has, God has, because remember, he's just an impersonator, and he likes to impersonate what he sees God doing. I may like to be remembered tonight as we pray. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful to be living on the opposite side of what we have read tonight. For we know were it not for your grace and mercy, when we read about these scriptures, we could put our name, we could put our address, we could put everything that we are right in those verses. But Lord, that's not who we are. And we're not that because of any good thing that we are on our own, but your grace, and we are so thankful. Lord Jesus, as we approach your word tonight, I pray that you would help us, help me to get out of the way, anoint me, anoint the people. Father, you see these prayer claws that I have in my hand. Dear God, this individual that the doctors are saying has a tumor in the stomach, but Father, we know that you are a cancer healer. You are a tumor remover. Lord, as I sent myself a note today as I was driving down the road, and the way that Christians fight, we fight our battles so different. It's no wonder we're so misunderstood. David, one day when a sword fight was called, David took rocks to a sword fight. Whenever Shamgar was surrounded, and he, they brought their best men and their best weaponry. Shamgar brought an ox goad. So when we're diagnosed with cancer or this or that, what do we bring? Faith in the promised word of God. Amen. Lord Jesus, may you be mindful of this need. Also, Father, this prayer cloth for Sister Phoebe, you know her needs, Lord, and the tests and things that she's undergoing. We're believing you for our sister father. Also for her dear, precious father. You see, Lord, these needs in his body and facing a surgery, Lord, and unable to do this in the country that he lives. We pray you'd be mindful of our brother. Father, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. Speak to us tonight from your word, we ask. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Actually, this is the first time in a universal way that Satan has been able to mold, shape, and pervert and rot a people that match him so perfectly. There's been times gone by when there would be a king or a potentate, maybe several kings together that would get under Satan's influence so much that God could speak to them as he did the king and Ezekiel 28. It was a natural king on the earth, but it was really the incarnate power of Satan inside of that king. But it's never been said in such a universal way as it can be said now. 
and he's reached his crowning moment. Now, let me show you a contrast before we go farther to our next scripture. It has never been such a dark time. It's never been so politically corrupt. It's never been so rotten. The earth has never been so bleak and so dark without even a promise of a hope laying in the elements of the earth itself. For when God takes his bride, the mercy seat will be left vacant. There will be no more blood for any Gentiles at all. I know that many preach that it will be the greatest revival the world has ever known in the time of the tribulation period. But that's false doctrine. There'll be 144,000 that'll get saved. That's all. None of them are Gentiles. It's a contrast in the sense that it's the golden age. Couldn't be a better day for you to live. But in one way, you couldn't live in a worse day. The darkness that is so pressing against our minds, our bodies, our souls, our homes, our churches, our nation, our world. And yet, if you can imagine it, this is ideal for the new ruler that is fixing to take over. What being in their right mind would want to take a world in the state that it's in. What man running for president, what man running for an office, what man that would be a king or woman that would be a queen, or what person that would be voted in to be a prime minister would want to take our present world in the state that it is in and with glee, with happiness, with such a a sense of fulfillment, we would look at that person and say, they're crazy, they're out of their mind. Who in the right mind would want to take this world in its present state and say, this is what I have longed for for thousands of years. I have waited for this very hour, for it to be so rotten and so corrupt and so vile that I will be able to reflect everything I am in this present state. Even the Lord Jesus does not want this world in the state that it's in. And he, when he does get it, He'll have to clean it off and start over again. So it shows us the opposite of this being that Harry was singing about a while ago. Now remember his song that the Lord gave him. It was in the designation of the female, the church. And as long as it's in the church, there's still mercy before it goes into him. You see, once it comes out of her and goes into him, that's when they cross the line. So he is the power behind all that we see. 
He is the power that is behind the spiritual darkness. He is the power behind the political corruption that we see in our land and around the world. That we see among our people who say they want us all to be the same. Now you don't believe that unless you're an absolute idiot. They don't want us to be the same and they want their rights and they want us to hold our peace about their rights. Oh, they can march and they can do this and that and the other, but you just mark her down in your little book and see how much right you'll have to contest whatever they do because you will be the one that will be hated. You will be the one that's represented as evil and wicked. Why? Because it's coming to the very epitome of the headship of Satan himself. And he loves it this way. It's hard to imagine that anyone, you know they say even for our, our nation of democracy that, that Wall Street actually likes a divided government in that, that they like uh, the Republicans to have an element of say and also the Democrats because they will kind of keep each other in balance as they go. And Wall Street will pivot off of that and the stocks will run that certain way. It makes Wall Street nervous, they say, whenever only one party is basically in control. But yet, looking at the way that it is now, we know that the nations of the world and, you know, the nations themselves are like a time bomb that are fixing to go off. And all it takes is one of them to uh, send a bomb here and there and there in the Middle East, of course, is like a powder keg that's fixing to explode at any time. And we know that Iran, they say, is coming, has the ability now within a few weeks, a few weeks to be able to have an atomic bomb. Israel has been telling them for a long time, but yet all the rest of the world has said, oh no, oh no, we ain't got nothing to worry about. It's way, way out. But Israel has been saying it, it's right under our nose. And we know how Israel is. If they feel threatened, they will wipe them off the map. And then all the rest of the world will jump on them, of course, because of a preemptive strike. And we see that none of the nations can get along. And why is that? Because the demon that's in charge of Iran is jealous of the demon in charge of Iraq. And the demon in charge of Iraq hates the demon in charge of the United States. And the demon in charge of the United States hates the demon in charge of Rome. And the demon in charge of Rome hates that in charge of South America. And yet, if you can understand it, all of that working is from one head. It is the pivotal point coming from Satan. What being in his right mind would want this in his kingdom? And this is what he wanted. This is what he's been trying to accomplish for thousands of years. And you know, this is what always alarms me. When you find folks in a church, you find them in a family as well. And they are never, ever happy. And they never seem to want peace. They never seem to want everybody to get along. And if everybody is getting along for a little while, it seems they're not happy until they get in the middle of something and they'll get this family member against that one and this church member against that one. And you think that is not what Christianity is all about. 
And if you got that thing on you tonight, you need to be set free before you leave this place because that is a demonic anointing because the children of God are not troublemakers, they are peacemakers. Can you imagine, my friends, what it's going to be like when Satan actually comes in and the chief demon moves out of his human residence by which he will occupy under the initial stages of the transfer of power? What it will be when all of these demons will finally have their headway and they will be released because he who now led us will let until he be taken out of the way. Then shall the wicked or the lawless one be revealed. You see, that time is what Satan has longed for for thousands of years, but he could never be able to obtain it because God has always had a light on the face of the earth. It got down sometimes where it was one man. It might have been eight people in the Andalusian destruction. It would come down to a handful here and a handful there, but it will eventually come to a spot when the rapture culminates that God will turn totally from the Gentiles and start dealing again with the Jews as a nation. And when he does, he that now let us will let until he, the bride, Christ, will be taken out of the way and the power that has held him back will finally be retrieved. And when God pulls back the withholding power, all hell is going to break loose like this world has never known it. I know we've had terrible times on the earth. We've had terrible times in our lifetime. Here, of course, the Holocaust and so many things that have gone on down through the ages, which has been awful. But my friend, there is nothing that what we've dealt with is even can be compared to what lays ahead of this earth in the time of the great tribulation period. For it will not only be the wrath of Satan, but the Bible says, woe, woe unto the inhabitants happeners of the earth for the devil is come down to be among them and he knows he has but a short time. You talking about COVID, COVID is nothing compared to what will happen in the tribulation period. Not only will Satan be loosed and all of these demons will be loosed to be able to do at will as they desire but the wrath of God will start pulling out the vials or the bowls, actually the word as it is in the Greek and the bowls of the judgments of God will be poured out. The sun will regain a great element of its strength. There will be demons loosed out of hell to torment the women that cut off their hair. There will be plagues that will break out. Plus at the same time you've got Moses and Elijah on the earth and they're not here to preach revival to the world. They're here to preach to the elected and bring hell to everybody else. So I'm telling you one thing, I'm glad I'm going to be sitting up yonder with my husband. I'm glad I'm going to be sitting up yonder with my my blessed friends and my friends from around the world, the bride of Jesus Christ, enjoying the marriage supper of the Lamb. So let us be persecuted. Let us be talked about. Let the world run us down. Let them do whatever they want to do. And they're going to come looking for Donnie Reagan one day 
but they won't be able to find me because I've took my place at the table of the king. Hallelujah. They will try to loose their power against us. They won't try to shut us up, but the prophet of God said they'll never shut her up. He'll take her up. Oh, my brother, sister, there's nothing you and I have to fear but fear itself. And the prophet of God said the greatest thing that Satan can ever put upon you is fear. Oh, but brother Donnie, what's coming? I don't know what all's coming, but I do know this. He's coming. That's what I am sure about. Oh, but what about the Democrats? Or what about the Republican? I'll tell you one thing. I was before there was ever a Democrat. I was before there was ever a Republican. I was before there was ever any sickness or any disease. Hallelujah. And when there is no more Democrats, when there are no more Republicans, when there is no more sickness or trouble or heartaches, you and I will still be in the presence of our eternal one. Hallelujah. Enjoying the blessings of God. So I think we ought to start enjoying him right here tonight. Let's not wait till the marriage supper. Let's not wait till the rapture to put a smile on our face. But let us let the devil know tonight we are on the winning side. We are not losers. We're not down and outers. We are the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We are the called of God, the chosen of God, the elected of God, and we are ordained to heaven. We are joined to our blessed bridegroom right now in an invisible union. While hell is taken over, heaven is taking us over. Hallelujah! While hell is interrupted, we are here to interrupt because we are the power that's holding it back. Hallelujah. Satan's church will crown him king. Jesus' church will crown him king. Both are waiting to be crowned by their wife. You see, it was a custom. I don't want to say too much about it because I got something I want to say later on. But it was a custom that on the day of a betrothal or an espousal, that the mother of the bridegroom would give him a crown. You can find this in the Song of Solomon. So it was a custom that whenever they would become betrothed or engaged, that the bridegroom would come to that betrothal and he would have on a mitre or a crown. Now what's a great symbolism to that is that it was a mirrored image of the mitre or the crown that the priest wore. You can find this in the book of Ezekiel. So the man himself is now being betrothed to the woman, but he's not only gonna be a bridegroom, but he's showing her by his mitre or his crown that he enters into the betrothal that he will be the priest of that home. Oh, give us men like that. 
not just men that want to be macho and be this and that and the other, but men that will lead their home with a godly manner. Men that will be the spiritual head of the home. Now think of it, the Lord Jesus, it was his mother. Remember Revelation 12, whenever the symbol was there in heaven, that in his humanity, so humanity give the crown to the Lord Jesus and he has entered into the mitre stage of the priesthood that he is now our high priest in the presence of God. But when they would come together, actually a year, possibly later, then the man and the woman would come and the woman would have on her adornment and the man would have on his adornment. But now it was not the mitre of a priest. It was not now the crown of a priest, but it was the crown of a bridegroom. It was the crowning and how could he become crowned? because he was taking his wife to himself. And the marriage would be consummated a few hours after they were joined under the hoopah. And it was by him taking her, he was forbidden to wear that marriage crown until he had called her by his side. Don't you understand? Our Lord Jesus cannot be crowned King of kings and Lord of lords until he calls his bride under the hoopah. What is the hoopah? The tent of the gathering. Amen. The secret place of the most high. He that abideth under the secret place of the most high. He's well under the shadows of the Almighty because under the tent of God. Brother Donnie, do you believe in a tent? I sure do. I believe in a tent, all right. It's the hoopah for the bride. It's the rapture, my brother, sister. It will be that time that our Lord Jesus will enter into being King of kings and Lord of lords. And who will crown him? His bride. Who will crown him? His bride. She no longer will need a priest. And while this is going on up there, Satan's wife on the earth is crowning him. Let's read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now history says that someone had actually written a letter to the church at Thessalonica and they forged Paul's name. So they wrote to the church in Thessalonica a letter acting like it was Paul. The contents, what we want to focus part of the contents of the letter was that the church was already going through the great tribulation period because the church has been persecuted and they were going through a lot of things and suffering a lot of things and these individuals took it on themselves because they didn't believe in a rapture. So they believed that they were in the tribulation period, so they wrote a letter to the church of Thessalonica. Can you imagine people being that low down? 
being that hypocritical and that much of a deceiver and they would write a false letter and put Paul's name to it? So when Paul is writing this back to the church, this is what Paul is correcting. Now they think that the tribulation period is already going on. Now with that in mind, whenever we read this, hopefully it'll help you to understand it, that Paul said, let no man deceive you by any means. <laughs> by any means. So whether it's preaching, teaching, writing you a letter, or a website, or whatever it is, by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away. Now Paul is saying, look, I did not write that letter. And I'm going to tell you how it will be known when that day is going to come. And first, there will be this great massive change that will take place in Christendom. And that is a falling away. Now, no doubt people were backsliding in that day. There's always been, ever since the gospel has been preached. But Paul was emphasizing it will be such a mass of perdition. Such a mass of boycott against the truth. It will be notable of all the ages that it will be in. And this will be one of the first signs that you'll know. Now he says, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed. Now notice how he writes this. The man of sin be revealed. So he, you know, and let me emphasize this before we leave here, that Paul is not teaching, nor did Paul believe it was possible for any elect to ever fall into a reprobate state. Totally impossible. Elect can get cold. Elect can get indifferent. But elect cannot blaspheme the Holy Ghost. It's impossible. Jesus knows all of his sheep. And he'll not lose a one of them. Oh, hallelujah. It is totally impossible for the elect of God to fall beyond redemption. Well, if I was preaching this in a Baptist church, they'd been shouting. They don't even believe in shouting. It is totally impossible for the devil to steal one of Jesus' sheep out of his hands. He may have to whoop you like I don't know what to get you straightened out, but if you're his, he'll do her. So the defection then will be on what group? The whosoever will group or the group that has received the gospel light, but have the potential to turn and walk away. So it will be now, Paul wants them to know that this is gonna be on a very large scale. Now I want you to think tonight, friends, that whenever we talk about a defection and a walking away and an apostasy, I'm not just talking about in our ranks. But I want you to think about this tonight, that there has been an apostasy, not only among message folks, but this apostasy is among the Baptists, the Methodists, the Church of God, the Church of God of Prophecy, the oneness, the twoness, the threeness, the fourness, the moreness, and how many other moreness there are of them. How many real Baptists that are claimed to be Baptists believe what their fathers believed 100 years ago? 
How many Methodists believe what John Wesley taught whenever he started that move? Come on now. How many Pentecostals believe what their old mamas and grandmas shouting their hairpins down? My, they'd have a hard time with that today, wouldn't they? Uh, but what have they done? They also have fell away from what they originally held to be the truth. You see, we think of our move alone and we think, well, the apostasy is just around us. No, it is every, listen to me, every denomination that has very much age to it at all will apostatize before the rapture. Oh my God, well, some of y'all didn't like that. Now remember Jesus told us in Matthew 24 that there would be false prophets and false Christ and that they would fall away. Well, he said it this way, the love of many shall wax cold. So this is a revolt. It's actually a departure away from a previously hidden truth that they held sacred. It was something that at one time they didn't know and yet they supposedly were quickened to it and they said they believed it and now they're revolting against it. I want you to think, the Baptists disagree on security with the Methodists and the Pentecostals, of course, being legalists, they definitely disagree with security. So it wouldn't really be eternal security or predestination that all of them would be defective by. What would be one of the main things nearly every organization would all agree on that they've defected from the original foundation? Holiness. Ah, they never have agreed on predestination. They never have agreed on even how to baptize or sprinkle or pour. But think of it, when you look back at the old-fashioned Baptists, they dress the way some of you women do tonight. The Methodists dress the way, look at the Pentecostals, the way they dress, and look at every one of them, nearly every one of them tonight, they all look the same. Why? Because there they have all defected in unison and it'll be the same way of being defective and sexual identity in the last day. You see, I'm still an old-fashioned Bible-believing person. My Bible still says, he made them male and female. Well, that's right. Well, Adam wasn't made a male and then one day decided he was a woman. He was actually captured inside that body and went to God and said, now God, you made me a man, but would you care to give me a sex change, God? Because I really think I should be Adam Monette. I really should not be Adam. I should be Adam Monette. Or because really, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more she than I am he, God. Well, God don't perform any such surgeries. Well, praise the Lord. But you see, as we get closer and closer to the end, there'll be fewer and fewer preachers preaching on such, and they will, everyone begin to compromise because you get in trouble if you say it. Well, come on now, Happy Valley. Some of you scared to death right now. Come on, say amen. Let, let at least the angels of God know whose side you're on. <laughs> You see, it will be such an apostasy that the elect will stick out even more because not only in their sanctification and their set apartness for their husband, but they will still believe that the Bible is the word of God. Oh, praise God. 
You see, it is in there that we find his divine will. So we know that it's always been this way. Now notice Paul said, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Now Paul said, let me just correct what this false prophet and this liar said in my name. I am not preaching, nor do I believe, he said, that we're in the middle of it now. But there's coming a day. What's this? That man of sin will be revealed. Now, as Christ was first in mystery, then revealed, so the man of sin was in mystery and will then be revealed. He was hidden so well, the prophet looked at him for years and years and didn't know who he was. Now, come on, happy valley, don't get mad at me. You know it's the truth. What's this? So Christ was first in mystery, then afterwards revealed because Satan is an impersonator and he wants to be like God. So he sees the principles of God and he does the way a lot of people do. They pick the message and they like this and they don't like that and you know what they don't like. Well, that was Brother Branham's opinion. Well, let me just tell you the way that I look at that. Even if it is Brother Branham's opinion, I'll take his above yours. After all, when the angel of God talks to you and does one-tenth of the supernatural in your life that he done to his, come and see me and then I might reconsider. But until he does, I'm gonna keep on going on the path that I'm on. I will take his opinion above my opinion. Well, Brother Donnie, now Paul said, this is I, not the Lord. I have no problem with that. And I'll take Paul's eye above your eye. Well, thank you, Jesus. Now, you see, Christ was projected from the Old Testament, but it was in mystery form. Even in the New Testament, when it come, there was many of them that did not understand him when he was here, even the preachers that was around him. So he was first made known in the form of mystery. Watch this, 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, but before he was manifest in the flesh, what was he? In mystery form. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached of the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. So the Antichrist is first in mystery form and then afterwards he will be developed or revealed. Now the word of the book of Revelation comes from the Greek word apocalypsis and it is the word that means to take the cover off or remove a veil off of something so you can clearly see it. So Satan wants to impersonate the mannerism because remember he is an anti-Christ. That don't mean he's totally against Christ. He's oneness, Remember. Oh yeah, he believes in God, absolutely, he's a believer. Watch this in the Philadelphian church age. Judas Iscariot, as I said last night, was the son of perdition. The Bible said he was born the son of perdition. And Jesus Christ was born the son of God. Then God lived in Christ, is that right? Satan lived in Judas. Now watch, so here we have a prefigure of the last day. As God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself, Judas, what happened to Judas? He was actually Satan come inside of him. The Lord Jesus took the thief to paradise. 
Is that right? Satan took Judas back to hell. Now watch the two gatherings under the different headships. So if the man of sin, the son of perdition, is gonna be on the earth in the last days, and he's calling his people to himself, and he's gathering his people, there must be another gathering somewhere, except it won't be the son of perdition, it will be under the administration of the son of man. Oh, glory to God. The bridegroom's call will come right through this, he said, when the word is being made flesh and the flesh is becoming the word. Whenever the bridegroom's call, you see, it will not be a physical body of the Lord Jesus. It will be a mystical appearing of the Lord Jesus in his bride, returning that thing which they had at Pentecost, which was what? The attribute of the fullness of the Godhead in the body. You see that, Lord children, it was not there in the days of Luther. It was not there in the days of Wesley. It was not there in the restoration of the gifts under Pentecost, but it was in the original bride form, and it will be in the climax in the bride age. What is the bride age? Simply that little span of time when the fullness of the Godhead bodily will be back in the bride again on the earth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Not gathering us to Donnie Reagan, not gathering us to some preacher on the earth. It is the invisible union of the bride of Christ. Notice if he was the son of God, born the son of God, the incarnate son of God, then Satan was born the son of perdition. He was the incarnate, the son of perdition, Satan, the devil. But yet, he never got the whole world under his sway and power under Judas to be able to set up a throne. Oh, but it will be the second coming of the son of perdition. You see, this is where the churches miss the return of our Lord in Luke 17.30. It is the second coming of what administration? The Son of Man. The carnal people around the message looked and said, well, Brother Branham's the Son of Man. No, Brother Branham was a Son of Man. The Son of Man is Christ Jesus. Is that right? He said he was just a son of man revealing the son of man. Amen. But he was not the person. The person is who? Christ himself. Oh, blessed be the Lord. Notice then Satan was born the son of perdition. He was the incarnate son of perdition, Satan the devil. Look at this now in the second seal. Now when he was as his head demon incarnate in this super religious man. Now we move over past Judas, past the rapture, and we move into the time of the tribulation period. There will be the head demon over hell that will actually move into the Pope, whichever one that it is. One may have now, one coming, who knows. During the transition time, of the rapture, glory to God, the accuser of the brethren has access before the throne of God. 
until the wife gets there. <laughs> but his time is so short. He will already be, listen friend, do you understand? The Pope right now this year could already have this head demon in him. If he's the one that's to be the beast of the last day, the head demon could already be in his body. What for waiting for Satan himself to come in? Oh. We know there was things about Judas that must have been so phenomenally supernatural. There must have been traces of the work of incarnation. I don't want to scare you, but if you really look down through time and see some of the most devastating rulers the world has ever had, you'll find demon possession. How could Adolf Hitler do what he'd done? How could he be able to step to the position that he was? If you know anything about his past, you know that he was a failed artist, a painter. Couldn't do anything. And they blamed the coup on him, 1931 or whatever it was, and never had done it. And my look like the man was going to be put away for years and years. But there was a position somewhere that he had to take, but he could not do it just by Adolf Hitler. Don't you see why Satan does that? He's mimicking God because he watches God save people and sanctify people and he watches them people as they struggle and try to do this and that and then he watches God and do them with power from on high and they become more than a human being. Oh glory to God, they become phenomenally supernaturally charged with something inside of them that helps them do what they could not do and Satan said that's a tremendous idea. I'll do the same thing. Adolf Hitler was demon-possessed. Eichmann, demon-possessed. Many of these men and women down through the times have been demon-possessed, supernaturally charged, right? And it will be thus with the Pope that will be there because Satan only has this little small window. So the head demon will get inside of it and already the mechanics will start working together. So when the bride goes up, Satan comes down. He cannot accuse perfectly sinless people and perfectly sinless glorified bodies. So he's wasting his time. <laughs> he can say, well, Donnie Reagan done so-and-so and God, he can point his finger and he said, I know him and God said, that ain't his name. Well, I know that's him. I dealt with him 65 years. He's been reborn. That ain't his name. I call him whatever my original word name was. That's who he is. You must be identifying with another person. Well, there's Greg Parker. That ain't his name. Well, there's Charles Garvin. That ain't his name either. You've got, you're accusing the wrong bunch here, boy. You're accusing the wrong people. I think it's about time that you leave my court now. You leave my court now. For these people have been changed. They have been reborn soul. Oh, glory to God. They have been reborn from the soul and their body has been reborn and united with their theophany. You have no more charge against them. Everything that was said against them has been annihilated and destroyed. Get out of my throne room. Hmm. So here the head demon will become incarnate in the Pope. Now watch how the prophet says, 
Now when the head demon incarnate, this super religious man as the Bible predicts, then he unites his church and state. Both of his powers unite together. Then he'll put down the mark. Notice this. Again in the first seal. Paragraph 100 or page 131, paragraph 93. After the bride is taken away, then this man of sin will reveal himself. Reckon he's a coward? Afraid she'll pull the, pull the wool over people's eyes? <laughs> when the wool's done pulled away from our eyes, we're done telling who he is already. to the bride is taken away. This man of sin will reveal himself. She, the true bride of Christ, has been elected out of every church age. As Jesus was the very righteousness of God made manifest in a man. So this beast, this person here will become the very head of unrighteousness and sin in a man. It will have such a perfect, if I can say it that way, a perfect embodiment that never before do we find in the scripture that an individual was actually called the man of sin. The man of sin, the people of sin, the nation of sin. But here, a man of sin and the whole head of Satan of all that he wanted to be down through the ages and he will be actually the man of sin. Now we know Satan is not a man. Satan is not a human being. But he must have a body. And he'll stand up. I'm uh, animal, animal, big toe, little toe, animal, animal, animal. Hail Mary, Mother of God. Lord, have mercy, children. Thank God for His mercy to us. If it hadn't been for the grace of God, we could have been in that old whore system. Hallelujah. But instead of being that, God saved us, God delivered us, and now we're the embodiment of deity. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody's going to have somebody living in them before the last days is over. Everybody, I don't care if you're a Baptist, if you're a Methodist, whatever you are, you're going to have a greater power than yourself living in you. Oh my, if I have a choice, why would not I want it to be the Holy Ghost? Notice what he'll do in 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. Who opposes and exalt us himself above all that is called God. Ah, isn't it amazing that Paul does not put this just on the personality of Elohim, Adonai in the heavens, but all that is called God. All that is called God. It's you, you, you. <laughs> You're either of God or the devil one. Who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God. Or that is worship so that he as God. Sit us in the temple of God. Now this will be of course when the temple will be rebuilt. 
And the Jews even now have much of the furniture already built. They have found the Kohen tribe. They are already bred the red heifer. They've already found the gold and they're finding the colors. And I just read the other day where they had just found the original color of purple, which was taken from a little, something like a mollusk, a little sea creature. And out of that little thing, you get maybe a couple of drops of this dye. And they say that this piece of cloth that they found was in the city of David. And they're thinking that it went back to David or kings around his time frame. And yet the color was still there. So here they are going to want their temple rebuilt. This is what's on their heart. And this man will be able, how will he do it? It will be an absolute miracle. For the dome of the rock, for whatever will happen to it, and the Jews will be allowed to rebuild. Oh, Brother Donnie, they could share it. They will not share and build their temple on the dome of the rock site. It will have to be gone. Governments have tried. Presidents have tried. Prime ministers have tried. But the man of sin hasn't tried yet. And the man of sin will succeed in the way all these others have failed. And will work out a peace pact, a compact between them and allow them to rebuild the temple. And can you imagine thousands of Jews, Jews will think it is the Messiah. Because he will have such power to bring peace on the earth. This is one reason why they missed Jesus. They thought Jesus would subdue the Romans and Jesus would do this and that and the other. This man has the very ideology of what they're looking for. Oh friend, let's not get in our minds so set of what we think God's word ought to be. What they think Satan will feel exactly what they're looking for. And allow them to rebuild the temple. Do you understand that they're, they're doing stages of it right now? A prefab type of situation to where they can erect the temple in a matter of months? Throwing it all together, the man will be there, the place will be there, and you'll be gone. It'll happen overnight. And the head demon will be calling the shots on the earth in the last phases of the bride's move. Glory to God. When the bride's revival is reaching its crescendo, which will end when we see our loved ones appear before us. Look, friend, every year that goes by, more and more and more, and we're crossing on the other side. Before long, we'll have more on that side than we've got on this side. I don't know about you, I'm longing for the morning when I'm gonna look up See, Brother Randy, get some to understand in my bedroom or my, my living room or wherever more. 
Brother Homer Arnold, your mother, your father, your wife, whatever more. Why? Because we know it's our promise. And I know this. Satan can never come to this until we are gone. He wants to tell us we're powerless. He wants to tell us we're no good. But the truth of it is he hates us. He cannot stand us because he knows we are the only thing between him and his desire to be God. We're the only thing between him and him setting up a kingdom on the earth. But he can't do it because you're here. And while I'm here, I'm going to torment him every day. Every time I get a chance. Anybody with me? Hallelujah. I don't want to make peace with the devil. I don't want no white flag around on my backpack carrying around. No, sir. Let me have rocks. Let me do whatever I got to do to pound him. My mind till I can do everything within my power to fight him until I'm gone. Notice this. So that he as God set us in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So to be the culmination of what Ezekiel 28 could not be, son of man, take up a lamentation against the king of Tyre. And it was such a reflection of the spirit image of Satan that God had the prophet direct him and said, I saw you in the garden. Every precious stone was that covering? Several years ago, I was casting out a devil out of a woman. <clears throat> in a few minutes after I arrived, myself and some deacon brothers here with me, that man's voice spoke out of that woman's body and said, I was in the Garden of Eden. I've been here a long time. You cannot cast me out. I was in the garden of God. Let me tell you something, friend. You need more than an iPad when you're facing that. You need more than just being able to quote the prophet said this and the prophet said that. And you can hold him a tape up all you want to. He'll take that tape away from you and beat you to pulp with it. You better have something in your life that's bigger than an iPad or an iPod or even your written Bible. Come on. He's been in the garden of God. He knows. He knows. And he also knows if you're just a bluff. Oh, my. Paul says, remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what? Listen. What withhold us? That he might be revealed in his time. We know there's a season of evil when it comes to this crowning time. What's the words of the Lord Jesus in Luke twenty-two fifty-three? 53? When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. May I say to Satan and all of his demons, his hour is not yet arrived. And I'm not a bit backward or bashful to say, I'm glad I'm going to be gone when it does. 
because I don't want to be here myself. Notice in St. John 14, 30, you're after, I will not talk much with you for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. So Jesus is going to change his behavior. And what he says to his disciples, because the fullness of the hour is arriving. Paul said, you know what's holding, why it's not yet been revealed. Notice this in verse seven, for the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now led us. In other words, the hindering power, meanwhile, restrains its manifestation. The hindering power restrains its manifestation. In other words, when the enemy comes in like a flag, the Spirit of God lifts up a standard against him. But whenever this shall be removed, it would be like a dam on a lake or a river. And when the dam is taken out of the way, there is a total annihilation and a deluge below where the dam was. I know you don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. But we are holding back so much hell from the people of this earth. The people of Johnson City and Elizabethan don't know how to appreciate our presence. They laugh at us, they ridicule you, and they see you at Walmart, they make fun of us, and all oh my, they call us all kinds of names and so on. One of these days, they'll would to God they had another Sunday that they could come and sit in Happy Valley. They would to God that they could come here and have this preacher that they thought was out of his mind to be able to lay hands on him and pray for him because when we are gone, the dam is going to floodgates us bust open. Oh my. You see, God has times and seasons marked out and even Satan cannot move beyond that even though he wants to. Watch this in the first hymn. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Deceivers, you see, deceiving the people off into something. Only he, God, that led us, will let until he, the church. He, God, he, the church, Christ. Christ, the bride. What? God, the church, Christ, the bride? She is him. I sure don't feel like him. It has nothing to do with you feeling like him. It has to do with can your faith say amen to the word? Can your faith say I am him? I am. Oh, blessed be the Lord. It's not what I am in. 
in myself. It's who I am in Christ Jesus. I am his representative. Do you honestly think, friends, and myself, Brother Darrell, Brother West, any other man can stand there and look a demon in the face and that demon be made to leave because I say so? Do you think demons are scared of me as a human being when I've seen them climb all kinds of situations and scream out and say, get him away from me, get him away from me. You think it's talking about this hillbilly boy? It ain't me, it's Christ. It ain't you when you're down on your knees praying for that lost boy or that lost girl. Them demons ain't afraid of you so much. It's Christ. It's your father that prays through you. Mm. Only he, God, that led us, what led? Until he, the church, Christ, the bride, be taken out of the way, then shall the wicked one be revealed. At the breaking of the seal of his time, Paul said, not in my time, but in the time when he shall be revealed. After the bride is taken away, then this man of sin will reveal himself. Jump down here to page, paragraph, page 170, rather paragraph two. Then in Revelation 13, he sets the mark down, see? When he that led us, only now Christianity left on the earth. And these are the powerful words, brother, sister. In its purity. Satan does not mind if you are a defiled Christian. He can't stand pure Christians. He don't mind defiled Christians, dirty Christians, Christians with sin in their lives, you know, sins of this and that and that. He don't mind them. They're powerless. They can't pray right. They can't act right in church. They can't read their Bible right. They can't concentrate right. They're pitiful, really. He ain't afraid of them type of people but Christianity in its purity. See, when he led us only now, Christianity left on the earth in its purity is because him that led us. You remember back there in the Thessalonians sitting on the throne of God, calling himself God, forgiving sins on the earth? That'll go on. And iniquity shall abound and on cause it won't be known until this time to be revealed as called. And when the church will be called away, and when it's called away, then he changes himself from Antichrist now. Oh my, the church, the great church, now he becomes the beast. You see, when the Lord Jesus comes out of heaven, Stan, Stan, when the Lord Jesus in the physical return at the end of the tribulation comes out of heaven, he will destroy the beast with the sword of his mouth. But he didn't destroy Satan. What is the beast? It'll be the Pope that has the incarnation. You see, Satan got in a being in the Garden of Eden, incarnated himself to pregnant a woman. He loves to do this. In the last days, he will get in a being on the earth, a pope, to spiritually pregnate the world. Everybody except for Moses and Elijah 
and the 144,000. Now think of it, friend. There will be millions of Jews that will fall down before the beast and worship him. The 144,000 will be persecuted by their own people. 12,000 out of each tribe. What's going to happen to the rest of them? The rest of them will persecute the 12,000 out of each tribe. Jews persecuting Jews like Gentiles persecute us Gentiles that believe the message. And Moses and Elijah will stand up and say, don't you do it. Don't you go over and worship. You stay away from us. It's a mark of the beast. That's a mark of the beast. Why them Jews, my, they'll be the orthodox, the ultra-orthodox. All of them, they'll be going up there worshiping and they'll just be bowing down. And them 144,000 said, don't do it. Don't go over there. Moses and Elijah, don't go over and do it. They'll get so mad, they'll actually kill them. And their bodies will lay in the city, spiritually called Sodom, Jerusalem. And the spirit of life from God will enter into them and raise them back up. They're so happy to see them two prophets dead. They'll send gifts one to another. Christmas and July. They'll send gifts to one another. Why? Because them two prophets call fire out of heaven. They call all kinds of stuff out of heaven. And they're so happy when they're dead. They think, Lord, have mercy. Let's just send gifts to one another. Have a big time. I imagine when CNN and CBN and ABC and CBS and all the rest of them, whenever they focus on them two prophets, how in the world could that ever been fulfilled when all the world will see the resurrection of Moses and Elijah in an instant? It can never happen to our day. Television. Oh, Brother Donnie, that worries me. Why? You won't have a television at the marriage supper. You won't feel no pressure, no strain. You won't even be worried about what's going on down here in this dimension. Fare you well, fare you well. On that gray getting up morning. Praise God. Aren't you glad we heard the call? Come out of her, my people. Touch not her unclean things, and I will receive you, saith the Lord. Praise God. Oh, my. Let's read this verse here, and we'll we'll close. Verse 8. Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So you see what makes the beast? Satan incarnate in the Pope. This is why when the scripture says, there in the place of the abyss of where the beast and the false prophet are. What is it? Another administration. It's Satan's trinity. Satan's trinity manifesting himself on there. Don't you understand why he hates this message so bad? There's never been a message that's exposed him like this one has. Here we are preaching and uncovering him. Oh, you talking about being mad if we, if we had an audience of a million people around the world and a million people in Africa. Oh, I'm glad we don't. He may get harder on me what he already does. Can you imagine? Uh, we're enlightened by the, oh, why we needed the, the eyes and the tongues and all up. But what do we need in the last day, right before the rapture? Eyes. Amen. Prophetic to look right in the word and say, oh, I've been calling that Jesus. Oh, no. It's the Antichrist himself. 
I imagine Satan went all to pieces in hell. When the prophet of God was studying on that day of that first seal, I imagine Satan already had a breakdown. They had to come down, Satan, Satan, what's the matter? He said, I'm passing out, I'm passing out. God showed his eyes on the earth. Here, my plan has been spoiled. My whole plan, I've had a hid secret all these times. Oh no, oh no. Go up there and try to do something to interrupt that service. But it was too late. The seals had come open. Glory. Amen. <laughs> This is why Satan tries to anoint people now to come back to get you to question the validity of this message that you believe. Why? So he can lead you to darkness as well. Ask yourself the question for those who try to pull you away from the truth. Look at their lives, the lives of their children. I don't know how many of them I know turned into homosexuals, agnostics, infidels. Some of them that used to sit in message churches don't even believe in God anymore. And you want me to follow that? No, thank you. I'm going to follow my shepherd to a body change. Praise God. Praise God. That I could still go free, Harry. See, maybe? You can love me up. In a prison And throw away the key Or you can take away my vision
never could quite Majestic throne to dawn the role of an earthly man. Feel the pain of flesh and bone, and to live. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That lonely past.
Enjoy the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. Let's just sing this tonight as we go. Amen. Trust you. Uh, 
enjoy the word of the Lord tonight. Those here in the live audience, those will be streaming tonight, archive the service. Trust it's a blessing to you. Let's just sing this as we go tonight. Amen. Service Sunday at 11. Oh, one day I'm going to take a step oh, towards my theophany. One day I'm going to take another step to my theophany.